The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we'll be talking with our special guest, Jason Gleaves. He was on the Paracast two years ago, and he wasn't frightened off because he's willing to come back. Of course, our co-host is Tim Swartz. Now, before we get started with our guest this week, I wanted to bring back a little bit of discussion about our guest last week, Raymond Shemansky. A really nice guy. He sent me a copy of his, one of his books, Swamp Gas, My You Know What. But in any case, he sent me a very nice note about how professional you and I were, Tim. So that's good. And of course, this is the last radio show he's going to do. So therefore, he'll have nothing to say about what we're going to say. I like talking to him, but I think he tended to be a little naive in some respects. Tim, and maybe you agree with me. Number one, this water cooler conversation at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, where someone's talking about, you know, UFOs and everything. That struck me as being a little too coincidental Did you take it seriously or what? When you have employees at a place like that 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 aren't necessarily the military, uh, you know what I mean, just, you know, like a lifetime member of the Air Force or whatever, but, you know, you've got scuttlebutt. And I I tell you something, I know that the the years that – when I worked in television, and that, and we would go to the base uh, to to do stories. I mean, you know, people who we talked to a lot of times. I mean, UFOs and top secret type of black projects, especially laser weapons, because you know that was right at the uh, the pinnacle of, of Reagan's uh, Star War uh, technology push. You know, I mean, you, you heard all kinds of things like that. So, so yeah, I mean, you know. It doesn't surprise me that you've got people, you know, talking about things like that. Hey, you hear about the aliens or, you know, the the crash UFOs. I mean, it it, it seems to me it's part for the course on uh, uh, anybody who who works at a government or military uh, facility. You think, of course, with all the top secret stuff allegedly going on, that they would be reluctant to some extent to talk about such things. But then again... Maybe it just fuels an open atmosphere and the powers that be just don't mind. All right, fine, we'll let them do it. Because I guess if they made any aggressive effort to quiet things down, somebody would complain. What are they hiding? 
Well, yeah, exactly. That's why a lot of these stories that you hear about, uh, you know, so-called ufologists having their lives threatened or shot at or things like uh, like that always just kind of makes me go, oh, you know, really? Because that just kind of puts a, you know, like a confirmation bias on, on what's going, which, you know, that, that may be the point, too. You know, it seems to me that uh, the best way to handle a situation like that is just to ignore it. Because the more attention that you put on something like that, then it's going to lead people more and more uh, to be convinced that maybe they're on the right track. Of course, he brought forth an abductee, Victoria, and told us about her secret. Here, I think the thing that bothered me is that he was too naive about the downsides of hypnotic regression and some of the people he seems to like have mixed reputations, shall we say? Yeah, I get the impression from from talking to him and 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 reading the book. I, I got my copy today, so I haven't had a chance really to to look into it. Is that you know it, it gives you the impression of somebody who is interested in the subject, but has really only been involved in it for a short period of time. So of course, you know they're going to gravitate towards that low hanging fruit. And, and, and that's the way, you know, uh, this book, uh, I haven't had a chance to read his, his earlier ones, but that's the way that this one comes across. I mean, you know, it's it's the, a lot of the, the easy cases, so to speak, that automatically, it's like when we were kids and uh, first were drawn to the subject, you know, we, we naturally kind of latched on to the extraterrestrial hypothesis, and then as years went by and we hopefully tried to learn more about the subject, you know, our, uh, our minds kind of expanded to other possibilities. Mind expansion, I remember that well, when I had a mind to expand. Now, in any case here, I guess we should understand his point of view because he's new to the field. And it's not like you have a consumer reports for ufology. I mean, we did at one time, there was a site called UFO Watchdog from a guy named Royce Myers. I think he was an existing or former police officer. And I know for about two years, we took control of the site and we were making many updates. But around 2010, 2012, he asked for it back. We gave it to him and he did very, very few updates. But what he would do is look into the reputation of a well-known person in the UFO field and point out the positives and the negatives around it. We had a whitelist and a blacklist, more or less, like you do with spam email. So that was a really good resource. It's unfortunate he didn't keep it up. But then again, it's still one person's opinion. But it would be helpful because someone coming into the field brand new, doesn't know the ups and downs, hasn't gone through any of this, and they see stuff and they say, oh, okay, this is popular. There must be something to it. This is the real UFO field. And they don't realize how convoluted it is. And it's too bad there isn't that kind of resource, not that I know of, that can help people like that. Yeah, exactly, and 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 you're right. That that was a, a good site, and uh, you know uh, there there are others I object to because it, it it seems to be more of a just trying to um, pin somebody you know pin somebody up against the wall uh, that that 
you know, that they may not like, pointing out things that, you know, oh, well, he, you know, when he was a teenager, he was caught shoplifting. So, you know, we can't trust anything that he writes about, you know, now 40 years later. You know, that that sort of thing. So, you know, it, uh, it, it always makes me happy when somebody does the proper work and... And doesn't try to uh, make it a personal vendetta. Yes, I've seen plenty of those through the years where they take a dislike to you because they disagree. And they nowadays, of course, in the world of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, they can start and wage an online campaign against somebody. And, you know, I've seen that happen to people like myself. So that's really unfortunate, really sad. But we don't want to talk about all that stuff. We've got a really nice book here called UFO Encounters, Up Close and Personal. Jason Gleaves joins us on the Paracast. Welcome back, Jason. Hi, good evening, guys. How are you doing? Right, it's evening in the UK. It is kind of the mid to late afternoon here in Arizona. And Mm -hmm. in Indiana, is it? What time is it there? It's a little after uh, 5 o'clock. Ah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I want to go through your book here, Jason, to kind of get the, the intention with it. In writing this book, did you have a specific goal in mind? Well, yeah, th- this book is my third book, um, and it's completely different to the first two. Uh, the first book we spoke of uh, a few years back, the UFO photo, where uh, that's what I do for people all over the world is analyze images, etc., for people, and um, and then put my findings on my Facebook page, etc., for people to come up with their own opinions of. And then the the second book I wrote, the UFOlogy Umbrella, was a different branch again, where I got more into more depth into um, the different categories of close encounters because um, there's actually one to seven in, in separate categories where so I go to try to explain this to people who are coming into ufology quite new and, and want to know a bit more about it. Let's continue this discussion on the other side with that and, and your latest book with Gene and Tim and Jason. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. 
These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. GCN's policy is open forum avoiding censorship. Defense costs for words spoken outside of our control supersede the ability to deliver voices to this important talk platform. The First Amendment is the foundation of our core values. Cancel culture is silencing voices regardless of perspective. Freedom to speak is in the balance. Support the legitimacy of speech itself. Consider donating to SaveGCN.com. That's SaveGCN.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Jason Gleaves talking about his three books. So we got more to say about the second one before we go into the current one? If you want, yeah. The uh, well, the second book, like I said, is basically it's there's seven separate categories of close encounters, so it breaks them down into more detail to uh, what people probably don't really understand to um, what is being brought forward because ufology is 
progressing all the time. One, two, and three, we'll call them CE1, CE2, CE3. Well, Close Encounters of the Third Kind really came about when Dr. Hynek uh, was a part in the Steven Spielberg movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And again, it breaking down those, it's just basically a sighting. It's with aerial phenomenon sort of described as a source or anything like that attitude known modern day tech that sort of most common type of sight in the CE1 then the CE2 is uh, witnesses that being associated known with unknown phenomena that accompany the craft or you know whatever they are actually seeing it could also be crop circles those type of things landscape damage mutilated animals which you know we've heard an awful lot of and anything interference electromagnetic interference with vehicles so you know you can break them down into those and then ce3 which is the close encounter of the third kind is a visual uh, spotting you know and it's basically confirmation of a ufo and going down those but then obviously as ufology has progressed it like you said it's it's evolving all the time we've got people being abducted and coming out with their cases and everything so that is coming under c4 which people explain about abductions, you know, um, having visitations or being taken on board a craft, out-of-body experiences, that type of thing. And then C5 is probably one which people talk an awful lot about recently, is C5, the um, where people go out and having uh, actual contact through um, some sort of communication with beings, etc., and it can go either way. It can go either from a uh, human to an ET or ET to human, either way in that respect. Uh, if you go on to C6, which is probably a bit more of a undesirable category, is where inhabitants directly cause injury or death to humans, etc., that type of thing. And the reason under that one really is that where people have reported on retrieved craft, etc., you know, military sources, they've actually uh, retrieved body parts on board. So, you know, it's a bit of a unpleasant category, let's say. And probably the, the C7 is probably the most controversial encounter of all because that's really where we talk about human hybrids and that's where the extraterrestrials mate with humans you know artificial insemination and they produce human hybrids which people are again talking about in more depth you know as recent do you believe that stuff yes um well if you, you can talk over the likes of uh, mary rodwell in australia and she's had an awful lot of dealings with uh, people who have contacted her through a cern which is her you know the foundation she set up in in australia uh, she's done a lot of um, regression sessions with people you know do cover and they do talk about hybrids and people that have been taken on board and introduced to young uh, humans which don't actually quite look human there are, it's a different branch of ufology which again you know it's changing all the time and people come in with new theories and opinions so it's open to debate a fast question before we go to book three and that is with regard to hybrids people remembering these experiences and one of the controversial abduction researchers in the u.s dr david jacobs 
has extensively investigated that, and it's been a source of controversy. I can't tell you what our forums are like when he had been on the show. To get to the main point, when people have this experience, and I'm not going to say they're lying, is it possible they're having an experience, but are interpreting it in a way that differs substantially from what really happened? Yeah, of course. I mean, people can interpret things in different ways. You know, we can, you can have an experience. It just for the, if people see an accident, a car accident, and you talk to different witnesses who saw the same accident, they can all come back with a different story. And it's probably the same with this. You know, are people really having these interactions? Are they not? You know, where's the evidence? Um, again, it's down to people really doing sort of regression or, you know, coming forward with their information. Like I said, we're going to keep on turning, you know, lifting rocks and finding new information all the time. We just don't know where it's going to go. Let's go to book number three, UFO Encounters Up Close and Personal. What's your focus there? Yeah, well, the third book, again, is a different approach, again, to ufology, because since I've been in ufology and analyzed images for people all over the world and, and worked with some great, you know, people in our community, I, you know, I've got to know an awful lot of people, you know, people who I've looked up to as well and read their books as I've come through my journey. So I just wanted to know how these people got into ufology. You know, what was the, what was the cases? What was the experience? You know, did they have a sighting? Did they read a UFO case, a famous case, or was it their own UFO sighting? Well, you know, what was it that actually pulled them into this bizarre world of strangers that were in ufology? And good on, you know, a lot of people, I'm really humbled, you know, that an awful lot of people got back to me and and gave me their, their cases, how they got into it. And, and this book breaks down really not something that you would actually sort of know about, you know, about that person. It's uh, often a personal account or sighting. So, you know, it's an interesting read that if people want to, you know, get the book. And it focuses on people, a lot of fascinating people, some of whom have been on the show. Of course, you have Philip Mantle. Jason, of course, would ask about his favorite sighting. Donald Schmidt, of course, is listed here. Bruce Maccabee, Robbie Graham, Kathleen Martin, recognizing that. Ronald Kinsella, uh-huh. uh-huh, Mark Ollie, Peter Robbins, a whole bunch of people here. You've heard about or heard on the Paracast, even Klaus Svahn was on at one particular point in time. So it's interesting to see these reactions and where they go. And one chapter, the one about Jason, lists... The following, and it says here, Jason's favorite UFO case, the real War of the Worlds UFO encounter. And I'm going to ask you about that. Maybe we can detail it. Of course, he's going to want you to buy his book. And that's fine. You know, he's entitled to sell a couple of copies of books. And therefore, we're not going to begrudge him that opportunity. But I'd like to know... Why the word War of the Worlds is being used? Are we dealing with a UFO encounter here that has some hostile aspects to it? Hmm. Jason Gleaves is joining us this week. Our co-host is Tim Swartz. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. 
Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. My name is Stephen Hewer. In 1976, when I was 15 years of age, I was poisoned from two mercury dental fillings. The mercury came off these fillings in such high amounts that I went from having excellent health to having chronic constipation and candida overgrowth. I could barely eat any food for four years, which resulted in adrenal exhaustion by the age of 20. Despite years of diet experimentation, juice fasting, and intestinal cleansing, it was not until I took certain prescription sulfur amino acids that I healed my eliminatory function and eliminated my candida overgrowth. Later, it was not until I began to consume green Meadow Way that I eliminated my mercury burden 100%. Had Green Meadow Way existed in 1976, I could have healed my gut and body decades earlier. Green Meadow Way supplies a very high concentration of the sulfur amino acids needed to fuel glutathione production. Glutathione removes mercury and virtually all other toxins from the body. Set your body free from the burden of heavy metals and environmental toxins with Green Meadow Way. To order, go to bestwayprotein.net. That's bestwayprotein.net or call 888-988-3325. USA Radio News. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says the military will be deployed to Atlantic Canada to help the province of Nova Scotia recover from post-tropical cyclone Fiona. The storm made landfall there on Saturday. A vast majority are left without power. Trees and power lines are down and buildings severely damaged. Tropical Storm Ian, which is expected to hit Florida as a hurricane next week, has prompted a state of emergency for 24 counties in Florida and another delay for NASA's new moon rocket. A referendum staged by Russia in four Ukrainian provinces setting up a pretext for annexation is still being condemned by Ukraine and Western allies. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky urged his countrymen in the occupied territories to undermine the referendums. Jazz saxophonist Pharaoh Sanders is dead at 81. This is USA Radio News. Hey, trader, listen up. The markets have changed. Have you changed your trading strategies? Vantage Point can help you conquer volatility. Learn to trade with artificial intelligence. Text the word money to 813-813 and discover how to predict stock market trends one to three days in advance with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. No matter which way the market moves, Vantage Point's patented AI can give you a massive edge. Text money to 813-813 to get what you need to stay ahead of market markets and find your best entries and exits. Text the word money to 813-813. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com slash terms and consent to receive calls and texts using automated technology about offers or info by or on behalf of VantagePoint. Your consent is not a condition to purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text money to 813-813. Did you know that you could easily be saving up to 90% on your taxes by simply making a phone call? That's right. The Fortune 500, the globalists, all the big billionaires and millionaires, they know about the loopholes written under the law where most of them pay almost zero tax. In fact, many of them pay no tax. You even see it on the news. How are they able to do that? But the common person can 
So whether you're a school teacher, a lawyer, a scientist, a millionaire, a billionaire, or whether you're just a regular blue-collar worker, everybody should learn about the legal, lawful loopholes. And we've got an organization and a group that I am so proud to be working with, American Tax Solutions. GCN has a special deal with them to get you the best rates. And here's the most important part. They save you money and then get part of the savings. This is an absolute win-win solution. You've got to give them a call at 855-907-4841 or GCNTaxCut.com. That's GCNTaxCut.com. The only way you miss out is not making the phone call. Make it now. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Jason, there has to be a reason why you refer to it as the real War of the Worlds UFO encounter. Why? You know, obviously starting the book off, I wanted to describe a bit about myself and how I got into ufology. And I mean, I could have chose from an awful lot of cases. You know, in my personal archive, I've got probably over 100,000 UFO photographs and things that I've analyzed. And over the years, it's got bigger and bigger. And, and this case really stood out for me, you know, one which I analysed a while ago, and people don't know about it. And I say it's the they call it the real war of the worlds. It's just because the the images that are actually there look like the craft that are in the War of the Worlds film. You know where they're coming through, where the old um, movie where you, know, you can see the, the the craft coming over and they're firing the beams of light down towards the ground. And that's really why I called it that. You know because it that's what it looks like to me. But it was basically uh, it was two uh, young 19-year-old students, university students in Japan. And it's uh, on the 15th of August in 1972. And they were out walking as they, they did quite an awful lot. And they had the camera with them, the old 35-millimeter camera. Uh, and they near a active volcano in in japan and they saw this this object it didn't look anything conventional at the time you know we're talking back in the early 70s and it didn't look like a normal aircraft to them or a helicopter or anything as such and it was acting in a very peculiar manner it was um flying about erratically nothing like you said that you would put your finger on and say well that is an aircraft as such and it was firing lasers down towards within to this active volcano and the thing about this case is there are six separate photographs that they took of the craft where it's actually over the volcano you can see this the steam and excellent coming from the volcano the active volcano it's moving all over the sky. You can see by overlaying different images, you can see that it's it's moving. It's got triangular in shape. It looks very unusual. I couldn't distinguish it myself to any known aircraft. It's just the fact that they said it was so peculiar in, in, in its uh, movements is very uncharacteristic of, of a conventional aircraft. Did you use, uh, I, I know your previous, uh, your first book dealt with uh, your photo analysis. Did you use uh, your uh, techniques on uh, the photogra- on these photographs? Yes, I did. Yeah, like you said, the first book, the UFO photo, is where I I go into great depth and, and show people how I analyze uh, images 
just basic that people send me or, you know, I come across and, and I go through the same process with them. You know, I, I try to get the most original image possible. Uh, I say that because if I sent you a photograph of a UFO, then you sent it to a friend and then a friend sent it to a friend. Each time that photograph will degrade, it would lose the pixelation and quality. So if you can get the most original photograph, it's, you've got the best chance of getting the best image possible. And then I obviously upscaled it to a HD format, so I, I enlarge it so you know, it doesn't pixelate as much when you go in um, to detail. And then I use the filters, etc., and do overlays of certain filters in Photoshop. But it's, Photoshop isn't used to actually change the image as such or manipulate it. It's to use the filters, which, again, bring out great detail in what we can see. And as you can see in the images in the book, you know, it, it really do bring out the, the craft. And again, you can't see any wings or rotors or propellers or, you know, tail fins or anything related to a conventional aircraft. And, and I just approach this case just like I do with every other case. I think the interesting thing about, uh, uh, among many, uh, of these photographs are the beams of light that are uh, coming off of this object. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they're firing down. Whether They're obviously interested in the, the active volcano. I mean, again, we've got uh, reports from all over the world of uh, UFOs being uh, spotted at all active volcanoes, you know, literally everywhere. It's obviously, is it an entrance to an underground base? You know, do they use the active volcano to get in and out? Or is it something else? Are they after the minerals or something else? We, we don't actually know. Again, just opinions, you know, people can speculate on of again. But um, there is an awful lot of sightings around volcanoes. I think that uh, um, in the, uh, okay now th these photographs were taken in 1972, so they were taken with a film camera. Yeah. Uh, and so, what's the difference when you're trying to work with um, photographs like this? You know that. Uh, uh, were shot on film as opposed to uh, uh, modern digital uh, uh, photographs. You know, uh, digital well, photographs are a lot you know, easier to manipulate, but that also makes them easier to get caught. Yes, yeah, you, you know, there's an awful lot of information, again, in digital info, digital images, you know, they, they give off um resolutions and everything the, the information is there when the the old 35 millimeter format uh, uh, it did actually not show this sort of thing so you know if people are going to fake sightings or what have you they you know they're probably using pieces of glass to show uh, ufos you know they'll put a piece of glass there with the image on you know, and again or they would use very fine cord or string etc you know there are ways or they would physically throw an object into the sky but you know this is you can actually see in these images that it's over the the, the mountain range the volcano itself in the distance and the object is there so they're not actually using 
that form that we can think of and if it was a piece of glass it would have to be a huge piece of glass to to get it all in and he didn't have photoshop etc so they couldn't manipulate the images themselves either but with the the later digital images yeah of course just like you said yourself you know you, these can be manipulated very easily you know there's an awful lot of software out there even on people's phones, you know, on their iPhones or Android, you know, whatever phone they've got, they the information, they can actually manipulate it very, very easy. And it does make it hard to distinguish if it's real or fake, etc. But, you know, you've got to try and go with your hunch sometimes. You know, you've got to do, do your homework before you go into real depth. And again, at the end of the analysis that I do, it can still come back as unidentified because that is what a ufo stands for unidentified flying object it'll always stay on unidentified until identified and with all the cases that that you have worked on over the years what was it about uh, 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 this circumstance that that made it your favorite um, I, like I said, it was because there were six separate photographs, and you, in within the photograph itself, you can actually see landscape, uh, sky, you know, which is brilliant. It's great for perspective, so you can actually get distance and height and that type of a thing. And with the being, you know, on the six separate shots, the the craft is moving in in directions you know it's not staying in the same position all the time as described by the witnesses so it backs up a little bit more of what they actually reported and um you know with it being an active volcano and i've seen other cases you know where you only have to go on youtube and you can see where people have um even not necessarily film they've got webcam footage where the webcam is constantly on an active volcano and you can see all kinds of craft going around and into it and out of it you know so that was really why i think this one sort of won the day and got into the book but i could have chose from so many other cases We've got so much more to talk about with Jason Jean. And Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Extendivite testimonials on Amazon are very informative. Here's just a few. Amazon customer, five stars. Honestly, this stuff works. Nick, easy to take capsules. For those who can't handle the liquid drops, easy to take Extendivite capsules do the same job. Karoka Fam, works great. Like Extendivite very much. Seems to work as advertised. Thanks. Arlene, five stars. Love this product, Extendivite. Terry W., five stars. Can't say enough. Great product. Freya, five stars. I just ordered another. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E.com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Extendivite. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Jason, Gene, and Tim. Jason talking about what he regards as his favorite sighting, but you've got favorite sightings from a number of people, some of whom we know pretty well. Like Philip Mantle, your publisher, and somebody who's been a guest on the Powercast a number of times. What was his favorite? 
Yeah, well, Philip, as you know, he's become a really good friend and um, he's the publisher of the book, The Flying Disc Press. I had to have Philip in, obviously, because his case that he actually recalls is, is one that happened in Normanton in the UK in 1980. And well, this case it was uh, during 1980 in Normanton in the UK. And it was the one of the first cases that Philip actually went out and to report on. So again, it's one that's stuck in his mind. And you know, obviously, he's be he did actually go back to the uh, site of the the sighting of the UFO recently, and he said it hadn't changed much um, when he went back. Anyway, it was um, a Mrs. Westerman um, and her family, eight year old daughter. Uh, basically ran into the house uh, while she was there and she was shouting crying that uh, an aircraft had crashed landed in in a near field um, where there's electric pylons etc um, and they all went out basically got to this site and, and witnessed that there was a huge craft uh, silver shaped craft uh, they actually landed uh, within a field nearby and it was in the shape of a, a Mexican hat the shape of it Yet Philip goes into great depths because he recalls that the, that, you know, speaking to the witnesses, etc., and and what they actually recall seeing, and it was um, with Mark Birchall, another researcher at the time, he went, and again, the detail in the, you know, reading through the book, that actually, you know, people can read upon that, that Philip. You know, discovered as such through the the um, interview with Mrs. Um, Westerman and the young daughter. But he recently got in contact with the uh, the daughter, I think, and, and recently did another interview uh, with her. And uh, she still sticks by what she saw, you know, at the time uh, the sighting and and. Like I said, Philip going back to the site and it hasn't changed one bit from when he went back there, you know, in in the um, in the 1980s. This is one of these cases that, boy, don't you wish that somebody had a camera and was was able to take uh, 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 photographs for you to analyze. I mean, it's just it's it's got so much going for it. I mean, it's got multiple witnesses, a landed craft, you know, beans walking around. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and again in the book, um, all the illustrations in the book, I actually did myself, um, and it was basically through the information given by each witness, you know, each each case that had been put forward to me, um, and and, and they're the images I came up with through the, each case, and as you can see, there's the the large disc shaped craft, you know, in the shape of a Mexican hat on on the ground. You can see. The, the large electrical pylons behind, you know, so, you know, helicopters wouldn't really land there as such just to the, the safety issues of the cables. And, you know, the, the three separate beings, you know, that were around outside of the craft. And, you know, that's the best I could come up with, because like you said at the time, no one actually took photographs of it. You know, some people do in, in, in the cases in the book, but in this they didn't. So the best we could do is come up with an illustration in regards to the the information given by the witnesses. Illustrations you did for this book, and I was going to ask you, you know, who did them? I mean, they, oh, they're excellent. Yeah, really great job with those. Oh, thanks. Yeah, but like you say, it's it's what I do part of. Um, 
I'm recently working on a, a book with Calvin Parker, um, you know, from the, the Pascagoula, Mississippi, early 1970s UFO abduction case with um, this Calvin Parker and Charlie Hickson. Well, I'm basically working on a graphic novel with him. It'll be out next year. And I've done all the illustrations through his life with that, working closely with Calvin. So, you know, again, it's one thing I, I like to do is try to re recreate to the best of my ability um, a case or a sighting or something. And again, like I said, through this book, through other, you know, people that have, you know, come forward with their cases and et cetera, um, I, I've tried to recreate what they saw or what happened. And then I would offer it back to them and say, is that what you saw? And they would say, no, not this change that because that isn't quite right. So everything in the book is pretty accurate through every single person, um, you know, through their case or experience. Yeah, and this this case, it's you know even though it's I mean it's 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 a, you know a high strangest type of case, it's not that uncommon in you know the whole realm of of UFO reports. I mean I think you know if you could get a uh, a computer data bank, you know with with all of these uh, cases into it and. Put in the various characteristics, you know, landed craft, not a not a big one, but a small landed craft, beans coming out. I mean, how many uh, similar cases would come, you know, spitting out? Probably in the thousands. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, but we're, we're just talking about the reported cases. You know, there's an awful lot of cases that people don't report on or, you know, have actually in, in past years thought, well, I'm not actually going to report that because people will think I'm mad or, you know, or in jeopardy of their jobs, etc. And wouldn't you love to be able to have some kind of knowledge of, of all of these unreported cases. I mean, I, I, I think that what somebody said statistically, there's maybe less less than 5% of, of these kind of cases that are ever reported. So, you know, how, how much have we, uh, have we lost because people, naturally enough, are, are afraid to come forward with, with these bizarre sightings? Before you mention that, I should quote the often repeated statement from the late Stanton Friedman, who gave lots of lectures, and he'd routinely ask his audience, how many of you have seen a UFO? And a fair number of hands would go up. How many of you have reported or told someone about it, and only a few hands would remain? Yeah, that, that's sad, isn't it? That's really sad that, you know, it's not actually reported in um, documentation, you know, for people to actually read upon or, you know, put, you know, their case to somebody else's case to identify or is it a cross-reference? So there's multiple witnesses that have seen the craft at the same time. Um, yeah, I think that is quite sad. And you can't really blame people, though. I mean, you look at the history of of 
of UFOs and sightings. I mean, plenty of, of cases of policemen, airline pilots, military pilots, what have you, you know, people who, you know, would seem to have very credible reputations who come forward with uh, an unusual experience and they end up being treated like a pariah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and we're talking airline pilots and military personnel and, and policemen, like we said, you know, they, they're the perfect observers. You know, it's it's their job description to be observant, especially a pilot. And again, in past times, not recently, because pe- the pilots are being encouraged to uh, report their findings or sightings or experiences, but in past reports, again, you know, uh, most of them would lose their, their flying status or end up behind a desk somewhere. So, you know, you're just not going to come forward with with an identification or, you know, a case or whatever, just through the fact of, you know, losing that credibility. I remember um, there was uh, uh, some show that I remember watching uh, a number of years ago. I think it was on... CNN, where they had, you know, like a panel, you know, and a couple people on the panel were the, you know, the, the skeptics, the debunkers. And, and one of these guys said that, you know, people in general aren't good observers. And then went on to say, and then somebody pointed out, well, what about, you know, like airline pilots and military pilots, you know? And he goes, oh, well, they're, they're no better. You know, and it's like, oh, no, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't make sense. What it means, Tim, is that nobody can be trusted about anything. No description is viable. What do police departments do? Tim, Gene, Jason, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are things many of us take for granted. But for many adults with disabilities who are elderly or have serious medical issues, dental care is simply unaffordable. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to just see one of the many patients in need. You can literally change a life. When you volunteer with DLN's donated dental services program to see one, you treat a pre-qualified patient in your office at your convenience. 
We handle the details so you can focus on the care. Lack of dental care can lead to the inability to have life-saving surgery, eat, or contribute to our community. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message. Will you see one? Visit willyouseeone.org to help change one life in your community today. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. That last point I wanted to mention here. Okay, human perception is unreliable. Trained observers are not really trained. We can't believe what people tell us. And of course, we have these instances where in law school or something, they stage some incident without warning before the students. They come up with different versions of what happened. Obviously, police departments trying to get evidence for a crime will talk to different people, get different versions. We understand that. We understand the problems with human perception and something unexpected seen for a brief period. You're not going to get the real story, but if they see it for a while, there are other witnesses, which is why we like multi-witness cases. Then you have a closer chance of having a fairly accurate picture, don't you think, Jason? Yeah, yeah. Like you say, you, the more people, more witnesses that come forward. I mean, a, spe- a good example is the the Calvin Parker case. You know, the, at the time it was Calvin Parker and Charlie Hicks and who were abducted. Uh, anyone ever meet Calvin Parker? He's such a, a genuine guy you know he's he's up front you know he doesn't want the fame and fortune that comes with what happened to him but you know since then people and more witnesses have come forward uh, you know people that were on the other side of the river the pascagoula mississippi river and reported the same thing and also having an abduction case themselves Philip Mantle, you know, Irina Scott in in the States, you know, they're really, really good people that have done some really good research and, and, and information delving into this, you know, and come up with more witnesses who are willing to come forward now, who again at the time didn't want to come forward just because they saw what happened to Calvin and Charlie. They didn't want the same thing to happen to them. And, and again, time has really changed People are waking up to what is actually going on in the world, and especially with sightings, you know, and, and people are prepared to come forward. So the more people that see one thing, yeah, it just cements the other parts of the case, you know, the other witnesses' statements and, you know, what, what they've actually said. And if it, if it is a craft of similar description to what that one person saw and a second saw it, a third, you know, it just cements the case even more. And by the way, we had Irina Scott on the show talking about the companion book about what happened in Pascagoula. Calvin Parker's been on twice. And we know, for example, if we look at other cases, extra evidence, we think of Sicaro, New Mexico as a single witness case. But when people like Kevin Randall and others explored the case further, other people saw things that appeared to represent the same kind of craft. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, the 
even down to uh, the case that happened to me, the the RAF Cosford incident in March 1993 in the UK. I was serving in the Royal Air Force then. I was present on the base. I probably said this story before. I did actually write about it in the first book. Um, And RAF Cosford is is a training camp in, in central UK. Yeah, near Wolverhampton, Birmingham. The trainees, after they finish their basic training, go there to do their trade training. So they're, they're going to be an armourer or communications or some sort of discipline like that. And um, part of their duties is obviously gate guarding, and you know, guard duty. A friend of mine was in the guard room that night as the orderly corporal. There was a young airman on the airfield guard post. And the radio all of a sudden came in loud and clear and it was this young airman screaming down the radio to get the guard commander out to the airfield because something was hovering over the airfield um so upon hearing this and hearing that the airman was in such distress uh, the guard commander and the the RAF police and you know other other personnel got in their land rovers etc and drove out to the airfield when they all got there they all witnessed this huge triangular shaped craft hovering over the airfield and it was described at the time by the, the the personnel that it was the size of a battleship. It was huge in size, dark, but it was your typical triangular shaped craft that was seen. It was seen throughout the UK that evening by on duty policemen and um, members of the public, etc. And then it took off at high velocity, and then it went on to another nearby RAF base, RAF Shawbury where the on-duty air traffic controller got radar lock on this thing coming in. And it was of similar description to one that just been seen at Cosford. And it was firing very thin wafer-thin lasers down towards the ground, very similar to the um, Japanese case we spoke about earlier, you know, fire, firing very thin wafer beams down towards the ground. And the air traffic controller got the impression that this craft or object was looking for something. Um, and then it took off again at high velocity. But it's all there on the Internet if anyone wants to read up on it. There a few years back, the British military um, MOD released the official papers, the reports done by the policemen, etc. So it's it's all there. But as we were saying, as I got into that case, I'm t- all I'm trying to explain is that people saw it from all over the place. You know, all members of the public and on-duty policemen, different military bases. And it's, again, they all saw the same thing. And it was all that time in the 90s, you know, where the, the Belgium UFO flap with the Belgium Air Force actually put the footage on the TV for everyone to see. So we're talking about the 90s for the triangular-shaped craft of that time. So the more people that saw this object the more people reported it and confirmed, you know, cemented the case even more, dates, etc., locations, and it's all, you know, for the good of the case. Yeah, it's one of those cases where the object seems to be attracted to military bases and, and is really making no effort to conceal itself. You know, it just goes flying around for everybody to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, 
uh, one opinion that I have got from the case, obviously I've thought about it over the years and, you know, thinking, is it extraterrestrial? Is it a secret covert military aircraft that we didn't know about? Um, but RAF Cosford isn't just a training base. It is actually a, a large museum for the Air Force. And on the on the museum, there is actually every type of aircraft you can think of that the, the RAF have had and it's generally the first aircraft of each time so the first subsonic the first Harrier jump jet you know those sort of things so I've thought maybe if it is extraterrestrial in origin where they actually there to observe and look at the you know the old aircraft it's just an opinion of mine you know but again it, it's changed so much over the years because again you know, the first time I saw the, the stealth uh, aircraft, the F-17 stealth aircraft, was when I was um, in the first Gulf War. So I'd not, never seen it before then. And again, to me, that was a triangular-shaped craft. It was unusual. It was nothing like we'd had. You know, it was kept really secret until then. So my opinion has changed over the years of Cosford what the actual aircraft or the intention of the person you know people on board or was it a remote was it a, you know like a drone type of huge craft i really don't know i'd like to get into some more cases here case histories and of course he'll want you to buy the book to learn more but you mm -hmm. refer to here a well-known japanese ufo investigator and his favorite case <coughs> Maybe we'll pick up in the next segment what it's pronounced Kiyoshi Amamiya. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Ki you say it because I have just as much trouble as you. Kiyoshi Amamiya. The reason I can do this at all is we have a really nice cashier at a local restaurant named Yuki. <laughs> okay. And he's just a really terrific guy. And always gets our orders right and gives us extras and stuff. So I'm learning a little bit of Japanese. Anyway, we'll have that with Jason, Gene, and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. 
we teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay. What is Kiyoshi's favorite sighting? It was a case that he had, he saw himself again, and one of his first that he came across a black sphere, you know, that he saw over, uh, I think it was Tenri City in Japan. And he's a, he's a great, you know, ufologist, you know, the, the cases I've seen from him that he's sent to me to analyze, I, I've never, ever seen before. You know, you don't get an awful lot of cases coming from that region of the world. And again, it was, it was, um, where it was basically videoed this unusual dark sphere, not not looking like, again, any conventional type of aircraft. It was actually videoed by him, yeah, again, 
through the video I've actually taken in the book, you can actually see the actual um, results of the enlarged and enhanced views of the craft that I did. And, you know, this thing has got structure to it. You know, you go into real depth using the filters and you can see it's got, you know, depth. It's got an aura around it, the, the craft. Again, there is no conventional wings or propellers or, you know, uh, rotors like a, a conventional aircraft. And this thing was moving across the sky. But again, with his report going into it, he's, he's got actual drawings done by other witnesses and where he videoed it and, and when he rang the different authorities and people to report it. And then again, it doesn't, you know, he actually cross-references it to another sighting of another similar object within the same region of sky, again, taken with two different video cameras, etc. And again, when I actually analyzed the two separate pieces of footage, as you can see in the book, you can see the, the object is pretty much the same shape, size, everything, you know, in comparison. So, again, it, a very interesting case he's put forward. It's a case you've not heard about before, and it's obviously stuck with him as well. Those couldn't have been easy uh, photos to, <laughs> to analyze. I mean, it's just like a black dot in the sky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, 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 they're not the easiest, as in you, can, you get the footage itself. Again, everything was sent via email of course because he's in japan and i'm in the uk but um i took frames from the the image the footage he sent me and actually took frames from that piece the, either the original source footage and they're they're the best i can get from it because again no one's ever done that before uh, and when you get in there but th like you said there's so many cross references of wit other witnesses etc to the same object scene and again they couldn't explain, you know, again, so it's really unidentified because we can't identify it. I recall receiving an English language Japanese UFO publication back in the 60s. It was amazing, the cases. Does this gentleman speak English well enough to get him on the show? I think I had trouble. I think I've used an awful lot of translations, but, I mean, you could get in contact with him and he might possibly it'd be good if you do because the cases that he has actually you know sent and the things that i've seen i've never seen before so again in, within ufology it's another aspect it's another avenue you can go down there's certainly another region of the world you know where uh, ufo hotspots etc it is certainly something we'd like to do we've explored australia uk scandinavian countries brazil of course but it would really be nice to go to an Asian country and get some response and see what goes on there and see how it compares with the sightings we have here. Now, you have a chapter featuring Don Schmidt, but it's not about Roswell. Tell me more. No, well, again, obviously, everyone associates Don with Roswell, etc., because, you know, the depth that he's gone into and everybody knows of Roswell. This really goes into his depth of 
coming into ufology was really you know going to bookshops etc the news and how uh, conspiracies and everything can get your interest you know grab he talks about the assassination of kennedy and being at school and then wheeling a, a bit of large television into the classroom and, and everyone sat there watching it you know and again he he just goes back to the power of tv and 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 things and then the books that you know we've been out with relatives and calling at bookshops and picking up you know famous books most of us have read you know likes of chariots of the gods by eric van daniken and you know and again it's just part of our journey you know you you read one piece of literature and you want to you get another piece just like with videos and youtube videos people want to watch stuff on ufos and they can't get enough of it you know and i always laugh i call it the richard dreyfus syndrome you know the character of close encounters uh, where he has the sighting in the movie and you know and then after that he's just obsessed with trying to find out information and everything else in relation to ufos so um the same thing with don everything really goes down to the the roswell when you, you're talking about don and things like that but um no it's old books old uh, leaflets old ufo associations you know clubs etc you know MUFON that you know going back to the early days of ufology we have MUFON and things like that now but um really it's a different aspect again but that's what Don wanted to put forward it wasn't necessarily an experience or even though it was an experience because his journey was the the literature etc you know in that respect it wasn't necessarily a personal UFO case Fast question here before we go on. How did you pick the people to participate in this book? Well, like I said, over the years, you know, coming into ufology in more depth, um, I've just worked with an awful lot of people. I mean, everybody in the book I've, I've obviously worked with and either we analyze some sort of image or footage or some sort of case, you know, done something for them. You know, I've done an awful lot of book covers for people as well. You know, um, I do things, anything to do with the illustration side. So if they want uh, illustrations to go with the UFO case, I'll do that for them. It wasn't necessarily just me. I just reached out to virtually everybody I could within reason said I'm doing this book I, you know would you like to be involved you know can you offer me how you got into ufology that I really want to get it in there to, to so the readers can actually see a different side to ufology you know people get into this subject through sightings and you know like everybody else really and the order that people got back to me with the case, then that was the order that they went into the book. It's sort of, it wrote itself, if you know what I mean. I didn't put people in a certain order. It was just how they got back to me. So, you know, like Don got back to me, if Philip got back to me, then they would be the next person in the book, the next chapter. And eventually it got so big, I had to sort of stop the book, if you know what I mean, because people, I could, put an awful lot in there maybe i'd have to do another one so maybe a volume two yeah hey i wanted to get into another case here that seemed interesting and obviously anything related to scotland my pronunciation is going to be off it's deckmont woods yes that's the malcolm robinson case 
Deck Mark Woods and more with Gene and Tim and Jason. You're in the podcast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. USA Radio News. Detroit Radio News anchor Jim Matthews was killed in a murder and attempted suicide. His girlfriend and two children were also hurt in the attack at his Chesterfield Township home. The suspect was found in the basement with wounds and an overdose. Tropical Storm Ian, which is expected to hit Florida as a hurricane, has prompted a state of emergency for 24 counties in Florida and another delay for NASA's new moon rocket launch. Canadian Armed Forces are looking at where help is needed most in Nova Scotia after post-tropical cyclone Fiona made landfall there on Saturday. The vast majority of Atlantic Canada without power, some are without homes after they were washed into the sea. A federal judge in Alabama wants the records and medical supplies associated with the lethal injection attempt of Alan Miller preserved. State prison officials acknowledged there were multiple attempts to access his vein before they called off the execution. This is USA Radio News. In the 1800s, there were 160 spas set up in Europe to dispense fresh liquid whey. The sick would recover their health and the age would become rejuvenated. There's only one whey protein powder on the market that can generate and surpass the results seen in the whey spas in Europe. But first, let me tell you the story of 90-year-old Mary, who was semi-bedridden and in hospice care. Mary had been consuming only a pea protein and pasteurized milk drink. Then Mary was put on to Green Meadow Whey mixed with raw milk. She was given two to three whey drinks per day. On the very first day, Mary was up and came into the kitchen and made chicken soup. She was on her feet for many hours. Three days later, Mary had gained two and a half pounds of healthy weight. Green Meadow Way is health giving to both young and old. Green Meadow Way is guaranteed to make you feel better, stronger, reduce your inflammation, and eliminate virtually all toxins from your body without feeling sick. To order, go to bestwayprotein.net. That's bestwayprotein.net. Or call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains, 
dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we go back through time, our time machine, not the quantum leap time machine, you know, but our time machine, we go back to Deckmont Woods, 1979, Jason Gleaves, tell us more. Yeah, well, this this case was, um, again, we've got a fantastic researcher, Scottish researcher, Malcolm Robinson here in the UK. Again, I asked Malcolm, how, how did you get into ufology? And he actually talks about this case a lot because obviously it, it means an awful lot to him. It was one of the first cases he actually got involved with, and it was the, the Detchmont Woods UFO case. And it was in 1979, November, in Livingston, central Scotland. And it was a, a forestry worker, a 61-year-old guy called Robert Taylor, and he'd been there, he'd worked in this woods, he knew the woods very well, and he was walking his dog, uh, well, he did every day in the woods. And he'd come through an opening in the woods, and he came across this spherical, unusual-looking shaped craft with sort of flanges around the, the middle of it, around the, the spherical circumference of this craft. Very unusual-looking Again, the, the the unusual thing about this case is that Robert was actually attacked by this UFO. I say attacked because uh, two smaller ball-shaped, like limpet mines, that's the only way they sort of really ex- explain what they look like, you know, the old World War II limpet mines, uh, came from underneath this craft and along the ground towards Robert Taylor and his dog and actually attacked him, you know, went over. And if anyone is lucky enough to hear this case from Malcolm uh, and he talks about it, he's still got the actual trousers that Robert Taylor wore that, that on that day when he was attacked. And he actually takes them to the, you know, his talk and, and you, he hands them around for people to actually have a look at them. And you can see the, there's gashes in the trouser legs and things like that. So, you know, it's obviously evidence again, you know, physical evidence. He went out day after the uh, the sighting had happened and again in the ground he's got photographic proof of you know marks gouges within the ground that these uh, limpet mines sort of things attacked him but one really important thing about this you know is that the sounds obviously it was giving off these sucking popping sounds and left the indentations on the ground which again is the evidence but like i said one of the real important things about this case was that uh, it's the only case in the police report in the uk of somebody actually being attacked by a ufo so it was actually raised as an assault charge sort of thing, you know, and an investigation. So, again, 
this case was obviously the one that stood out in Malcolm's mind, and I'm not surprised it did because, again, you know, he, he talks about it an awful lot, and it was one of his first cases. Yeah, this is one of my favorite cases, uh, just because the witness was held in such high regard beforehand in his community and uh, you know despite him coming forward and, and reporting this you know to the police you know everybody stood up and, and stood behind him and and believed what had happened to him rather than drumming him out of the community yeah definitely you know he was certainly a respected member of the community um you know highly looked up to in, in the job that he did you know forestry worker you know, he was um, a respected person. So when he actually come forward, you know, people didn't think he was lying about it. You know, they actually believed what happened to him. And again, the evidence, you know, in this case stands up for itself because of the, you know, the indentation marks within the ground, the evidence, the police report, the police took it serious, but the report that actually came forward. And again, the trousers worn by uh, Robert Taylor at the time during the, you know, the attack. And, you know, I've actually held them myself in my hand and had a good look. And, you know, the marks and the, you know, the cuts within the legs, you know, the very unusual. What about yourself, though? I mean, you know, with, with all the cases that you that you have in this book, besides your own, of course, uh, which one, or if you have several, uh, are are your favorites? Again, uh, I've got plenty of, of them. They're, they're all, you know, superior in their own way. Obviously, yeah, I, I know you, you love you love them all, but uh, but, but yeah, if I if I have to, you know, say a couple of them. Obviously, I like the Mike Heston Rogers. You know, he was the the member of the the logging team, Travis Walton. And again, with Mike, I, I wanted to know. You know, what got him into ufology? Was it the Travis case? You know, you were involved in it. You were driving the, you know, the seven members of the team in the logging truck and everything else. And when I spoke to Mike, I, you know, he said, no, surely you want to speak to Travis. You know, you want his. And I said, well, no, we all know what happened to Travis. You know, I want your account, you know, how you got into it. And, you know, you were there. You saw the craft. You saw Travis being, you know, picked up and zapped, et cetera. You drove off. You went back and you were, you know, involved within it. You know, so that was one case that really, because Mike goes into great detail of the air, was the smell, the look of the, the craft looked like a new sports car. You know, that was like the impression he got and it was hovering over the pine trees it was highly polished in appearance had a soft glow to it you know and the the high-pitched oscillating sounds they could hear you know things that you wouldn't expect people to talk about you know when you talk about the travis case because again other people saw this craft it wasn't just obviously what happened to travis um another case i suppose i could talk about uh that you know, I really do like is a uh, a UK researcher, David Caton. Uh, he's ex Air Force um, aerospace, just like myself. Um, you know, highly respected researcher, ufologist here in the UK. And the case he brought forward was a case during um, when he was serving at RAF Cyprus 
uh, this was during August of 1958. So we're going, you know, way back. And it was a, a radar unit they were working on in the Trudos Mountains, which is a, a, the mountain range at Cyprus. And I remember he was working with a, a guy called Barry Porter. And it was like 6 a.m. in the morning, and they actually tracked an unknown object that was actually traveling initially at 800 miles an hour off the Egyptian coast, about 38,000 feet. And they scrambled Hawker Hunter aircraft, which were the, the, the prize aircraft of the Royal Air Force at the time, to try and intercept this unknown object in, you know, in a vain attempt. Because we're talking about the Cold War time, you know, so you know, everything was heightened at that time. And they actually tracked this object going from 38,000 feet to 60,000 feet in a second, you know, and in duration. And it was traveling at speeds that they actually, you know, recorded it at was, uh, 18,000 miles an hour, which then it went on to the Turkish coast. But, you know, this is an, uh, the original Tic Tac um, sighting that I've never even heard about. And again, this was until David actually, you know, meant me and put it in the case of the book. But we're all thinking about the recent Tic Tac, you know, the Nimitz and, you know, the, the U.S. government have released that footage. Um, you know, and this is going back into 1958. This is, you know, way back, ahead, well ahead of, you know, the Nimitz Tic Tac UFO. And again, you know, a craft going from 38,000 feet to 60,000 feet within a second was nothing that we had at the time uh, you know even to this day we've still got nothing known that can actually travel at those high velocities uh, and especially the speed to 18,000 miles an hour would well, be a fun way to go to the moon just think if we can go at really really high speeds and if some other country especially one that's not too friendly towards the US and the UK had some kind of craft like that under development they would not be keeping it a secret. They'd use it to gain advantage. Jason, Gene, and Tim, you're in. Yeah, the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com 
Hey, trader, listen up. The markets have changed. Have you changed your trading strategies? Vantage Point can help you conquer volatility. Learn to trade with artificial intelligence. Text the word money to 813-813 and discover how to predict stock market trends one to three days in advance with up to 87.4% proven accuracy. No matter which way the market moves, Vantage Point's patented AI can give you a massive edge. Text money to 813-813 to get what you need to stay ahead of markets and find your best entries and exits. Text the word money to 813-813. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. By texting, you agree to the terms available at vantagepointsoftware.com slash terms and consent to receive calls and texts using automated technology about offers or info by or on behalf of VantagePoint. Your consent is not a condition to purchase and can be revoked at any time. Message and data rates may apply. Text money to 813-813. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at, no pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream to the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. This is Big the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Exactly according to my plan. I won't comment on that voice. Jason Gleaves joining us. We're here to talk about UFO encounters up close and personal, where a bunch of cases from people prominent in the UFO field are assembled by Jason. And one caught my eye because the guy's been on the show and he's a well-known scientist, Dr. Bruce Maccabee. And he provided here a paper that had never been published before, Jason. Yes, yeah. Um, again, a Bruce Maccabee is a person I've 
personally looked up to myself for many years you know i've i've read a lot of his stuff a lot of his work his material um and again bruce you know i've spoken to him a lot again i've sent images to him that i've analyzed and and tried to you know go over old cases as well you know and just basically do the same sort of things that he's been doing for a long time um and I've sort of passed the baton on and, and carried on doing that. But, um, yeah, I was very, very lucky for Bruce to actually give me, because I wanted to know how Bruce got into ufology, just like ever all the rest. So, um, and he actually wrote a paper, a scientific paper on why a scientist would actually, uh, research ufology. Um, and it's, this was his first ever paper that he he wrote, uh, and it's never been published before, and he's actually given me permission to put it in the book. And it, it's a fascinating read, you know, it goes into real depth of, you know, why scientists and, and cases and things like that, why they would actually get into ufology. And um, like I said, it's somebody I've looked up to for a long time. I think uh, one of the cases that you have in your book that, that fascinates me, and and I have to admit, I've, I've never run across this one before, uh, was the uh, the Chinese Roswell. Yeah, that was um, Mary Rodwell. And again, you know, I'm sure many of your listeners know of Mary, you know, uh, founder of a CERN, uh, and, and she carried out an awful lot of um, regression sessions on people, you know, within ufology and fantastic work she does but uh, again i've got to know mary quite well and ba that was through uh peter slattery via australia uh, ESETI. i've done an awful lot of work for peter over the years and still do it with you know himself and james gilliland at the ESETI ranch near mount adams uh, if you go onto their web pages you'll see anything that i've actually analyzed for them uh, craft and beings and, and stuff like that and recently we've done a documentary which i think is on amazon and itunes etc called multi-dimensional and again that was with peter slattery and mary rodwell and james gilliland and you know it goes in really the the sightings and experiences of peter in australia but with mary again I wanted to know how she got into it because you don't actually know what was, you know, what was the sort of thing that gets this sort of a person into ufology. And she talks about the Chinese Roswell. And again, you just assume it's the New Mexico, um, uh, New Mexico, Roswell, etc. you know, going down that road. But she goes Wait, in. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Chinese Roswell. Okay, I'm curious. Yeah. Well, again, you know, she, she actually talks about a case that I've never heard about, you know, the Chinese Roswell uh, experience, uh, sighting, etc. You know, we all assume it's the New Mexico Roswell case that everyone talks about. And this was in um, through researchers in Beijing in China who actually, you know, it, had dealings with mary and it was a basically it was a downed ufo crash in, in datong in 1997 in, on a military base and 
basically they heard a loud bang uh, the the uh, military personnel uh, one evening late evening and they thought it was actually um, a thunderstorm um, and a tree coming down because they heard a loud bang um, and when they went outside there was a a downed disc shaped craft within the barracks themselves uh, with uh, you know um, aliens ETs you know one on board and lying outside the craft um, and again they were you know the aliens tried to communicate with the soldiers and this was obviously covered up by the Chinese government, et cetera, and they probably re you know engineered the craft itself, but you know Mary goes into great depths again with this case because again everybody you when you actually mention it to people about you know what had happened in China, you know you just don't assume that is a, is anything to do with the rod you know New Mexico incident is very similar to what happened in New Mexico, but uh, not quite the same. I think uh, the parts of that story that really sell it for me is the very human response that these soldiers had um, with these creatures outside of this crashed case. And, uh, I mean... I think that somebody who is, you know, like maybe trying to uh, uh, fudge the information a little bit, you know, would go and say that, you know, everybody immediately mobilized and, you know, grabbed the creatures and rushed them out so nobody else could see them. No, it was just the opposite. Everybody who was involved tended to want to um, pass it along to the next person who could be higher up. They didn't want to get involved in the situation. Yeah, yeah, you know, again, you know, it's how would you react to it yourself? You know, that's really what you got to look at. You know, if if an object on, of some sort of description that you don't know what it is, um, you know, crashes and, and obviously unusual looking being on the ground, would you go up to it or would you run the other way? You know, and again, you know, people, is it the fight or flight sort of syndrome? Do they actually, you know, attend to the, the beings or do they uh, just run the other way? Well, the other aspect is the physical description of these creatures, which is uh, uh, pretty unique, was that they were described as, uh, face-wise at least, as looking like mice, not so much that they had like a, you know, like pointed nose and all that, uh, but that they were covered in uh, like a, a, a fur. Yeah, they, you know, they look sort of ferret-looking appearance, you know, the, the face, the facial features. Again, great descriptions in the book, an awful lot of detail Mary comes out with, and especially from the researchers in, you know, in, from Beijing in China who Mary had dealings with, you know, and went through the whole thing. Um, you know, the detail of the, they're not the usual looking type of beings that you would expect, like, uh, reported at the, uh, New Mexico Roswell, you know, the, the, uh, the greys with the long, uh, black elongated eyes, you know, the, these were an unusual ferret looking, you know, features that they had. Which makes you wonder if that was a case that happened in the United States. Would it get basically buried because the reported uh, creatures from this craft did not follow the same description as 
everybody seems to be used to in pop culture with UFOs, like you said, big, gray, big head, you know, big eyes. Uh, but since this was coming from a country that is probably not as familiar with the you know uh, alien pop culture scenarios as here in the West, you get something different, and you know it's 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 taken down and recorded. As it is, without any attempts to either change it or say, well, since this wasn't, since these creatures weren't reported as looking like greys, we're just going to ignore it. Yeah, you know, and that's the beauty of this case is, you know, it hasn't been changed. It hasn't, you know, been manipulated, you know, for people to say that, oh, surely you didn't see that type of being. It, it, you've mistaken it for a grey with the longer elongated eyes and large head and, you know, everything features or, you know, bodily features that we we understand or you know people report an awful lot of they kept to the facts of what they reported again they reported the craft the interactions and everything else related you know even down to assuming it was a tree that was falling outside they didn't even think that it was in a, a downed ufo only when they went outside and encountered it firsthand so yeah it, it's that's that's what makes it stand out i think as in um, a real gem of a case, because, again, it's something else that hasn't been manipulated, hasn't been changed over the years to suit somebody else's agenda. Tell you what, let's just break it here. More to come with Jason, Gene, and Tim. You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855 855- Seven nine young. You ready? Eight five five seven nine 
young Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy, says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Jason Gleaves wrote a book called UFO Encounters Up Close and Personal. And this is up close and personal to people in the field from around the world who have commented on some of their favorite cases or their first case. One person that you include here is Robbie Graham. Robbie Graham has been on the show. He publishes books as well, just like Philip Mantle. And the title of his section is Remembering the UFO I Never Saw. What, pray tell, is that? Again, it's something, an experience, a sighting, etc., that obviously stuck with Graham going through his early on, you know, the days, you know, from the school with his friends and right the way through where they actually saw a, a, you know, a uh, cylindrical shaped object hovering over the car. You know, he can remember the the bridge, etc., going over the river at the time and things like that. You know, a place called Canic Chase Forest, again, which is probably well known for a UFO hotspot in the UK, in Staffordshire, which is like central England. And it's actually not too far from uh, the RAF Cosford incident. You know, we're talking the same region of, of the UK. So, you know, again, a lot of a lot of people have seen things in respect. You know, and he calls it, you know, the Oz factor relation going over, you know, sightings and, and etc. And especially unusual things and things that actually, you know, stick out. You know, and, and he can do he remember in, in quite uh, real depth. It was pulsating on and off, you know, the object they saw over the car. It was steady, circular, you know, red light above it, you know. And it was about 30 foot above, the, you know, the bridge. So, you know, again, it, it's things that stuck out in his mind, especially. And he, and he wanted to actually put this forward in the book. And I'm sure the readers, you know, will read up and again be astonished by what he's actually saying. I wanted to ask you, and this is something that is... Um outside of 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 your your book but considering your past history with doing photograph analysis uh, what do you think of the I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this right the uh, the calvine photos that has just been uh, released recently yeah that was um the the recent released images well image i know there was six images i think in total but um right. the original image released of the UFO and uh, in Scotland, and it was UK researcher David Clark who'd actually uh, been trying to find this original photograph. And th- this photograph has always been known as the the image that was on the back of the door in the UK military X Files sort of you know office um, going way back. You know, we're talking 30 years ago, and it's been there ever since. And it was a huge triangle, diamond-shaped craft, photographed 
by um, I think it was uh, two hikers in Scotland. Uh, and again, the thing about this image is that you know it's quite clear the one I've seen and analysed as well. Any anyone who wants to see the the footage, they can go and look on my Facebook page. Um, it's all on there. But um, in in rear of this object, there's a military aircraft within shot as well. And again, I know what the aircraft is. It is a, an RAF um, Harrier jump jet, which were based at the time in one of the uh, RAF military bases in Scotland. And again, it, 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 there's an awful lot of detail in this, but um, David, through his research, has actually unearthed it from uh, an officer uh, Craig Lindsay, his name, and he actually held a copy of it for all these years. You know, he was told to uh, get rid of all the other copies that were actually sent at the time to the Daily Record a newspaper in Scotland, who in turn sent the images to the MOD. And again, they went missing or lost, which is the usual story that we hear. Um, and this was one image that. He actually kept himself, the RAF officer, and obviously got rid of rid of the rest of them, or you know whatever he did with them. And um, I'd love to have seen the other images, but again, the thing about this image as well that the um, the MOD or you know people in charge of that side didn't want it revealing until the year 2072 because of privacy concerns, that was the reason they gave, um, which, again, just makes it highlight even more. I mean, it puts more question marks around it, doesn't it, when somebody wants to hide it and keep it from public view. Um, and I analysed it, and again, we, you know, this is a huge craft. I can't see any wings or propulsion. Again, like we said, it's no conventional type of aircraft, as in the Harrier jump jet behind or to the side of it. Um, again, within the photograph, we can see we can see all around uh, the area. So you've got the mountain ranges, the fields, etc. And again, that is always great for perspective within photographs because you can get a degree. The craft appears to be hundreds of feet in size. And again, it's it's come under. Well, was it a secret covert craft? Again, or was it a, you know a secret military craft that we didn't know about? Or was it extraterrestrial in origin? Again, I don't suppose we're ever going to really know this. Um, all we can do is look at the image. But it's one of those fascinating images that has come to light. And again, thanks to David Clark, who's you know he's actually done great work in, in getting this out. And it's just one of those old cases that you know it's back up there again, and now we know the photograph exists. Yeah, this is one of these cases where you know now that the photograph has come out, there seems to be this kind of like knee-jerk reaction that it was you know some kind of black budget, top secret aircraft uh, that was flying around. You know, because at at that time. Uh, I seem to I seem to remember that there was you know like a flap of especially like triangular shaped UFOs uh, over that over that area. But you know you look at this photograph, and even if you're looking at something you know uh, on its at its side, it doesn't look like anything that was being tested or flown around at that time. 
No, no. Yeah. yeah, nothing like like you just said. It's nothing explainable, but that doesn't mean it's not explainable as in it's secret or COVID. Um, again, like I said earlier, I didn't know of the, the F-17 stealth fighter until I saw it for myself in, 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 you know, in, in Desert Storm. So, yeah, we go back to craft. Was it, you know, a nuts and bolts type of craft? Again, you know, people from all around the world, you know, when they send me images, you know, they'll send me pictures of, you know, orbs or, you know, disc-shaped or whatever. But when I first started in ufology and analysing and coming from military and ex-aerospace, you know, I used to build the Airbus aircraft, you know, um, unless a ufo was nuts and bolts or whatever to me it wasn't real it didn't exist in that respect but over time within ufology my you know opinion has changed vastly you know and we've got to start thinking outside the box you know because a lot of these craft are probably multi-dimensional you know you know in, in relation to anything we know about you know the technology is far in superior of anything we've got or ever had so yeah you know Especially with that 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 actual uh, photograph, the Calvine, it's something huge. It, for that size to be in the air without any form of propulsion, you know, as in exhaust ports like like a jet aircraft would have, you know, it's probably we're probably talking some sort of anti gravity to keep it up there. Again, that's technology. Whether we we actually got that in in you know the lockers of the the covert community we don't know but i'm guessing so that we have you know it's all uh, opinions and people will have you know remarks and opinions on this type of thing until we actually get the full facts hey we'll have many more full facts with jason gleaves who'll hang for the after the paracast podcast part of paracast plus so there's a lot more talk about Jason, Gene, Tim, you're in. The Buttercast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com if you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity this will be the most important message you'll hear this year here's why we now have a small number of solar generators back in stock these emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. 
Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. I'm about to give you a life-changing URL that if you will simply visit it and give these tax consultants a call, it will change your life. Whether you're a blue-collar worker or whether you're a school teacher or whether you're a scientist or whether you're a millionaire, almost no one out there is taking advantage of legal, lawful tax loopholes. Go to GCNTaxCut.com. It takes you right to American Tax Solutions, and they will give you an amazing preview of what they can do for you. GCNTaxCut.com. GCNTaxCut.com. Extendivite really works. Here's just a few testimonials from Amazon. RL, five stars. Been taking this for two months now. I feel better. Have more energy. April, my husband started taking Extendivite, and he said he feels much better and has more energy. EW, need to try. Everyone needs this for their health. Great product, great people. Josie, it works great. This product has made my blood pressure and cholesterol stable. I highly recommend it. JC, great product, has worked well these last few years. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E.com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Every day we take steps to keep the people we love safe, but some health risks are easy to miss. Ticks hiding in the yard can spread germs, like the ones that cause Lyme disease. Mice searching for food can spread bacteria that makes us sick. Mosquitoes lay eggs in standing water and can spread West Nile virus and more. Cockroaches are drawn to water in the home, leaving behind allergens that can trigger asthma attacks. Common pests can threaten our health. Learn how to protect your family at pestworld.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Jason, obviously, a lot of what you say is these craft exhibit five characteristics that we can't duplicate. But aren't there sightings there around the world where it may just be test aircraft? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, again, it comes back to the, the old UFO. You know, UFO is unidentified flying object. Until you actually know what that craft is, it's always going to be unidentified. Again, with people that send me images, you know, I try to do the research of the person, etc. The area, I always ask the person if there are airports or military bases local to the sighting or where the picture was taken, you know, and then you eliminate birds, drones, cloud formations, you know, things like that. You try and go down 
everything you can, even down to night shots. So if you've got a nighttime shot of a light or, you know, something unusual, you would look at the satellite apps, um, which are readily available. Anyone can actually see them. I think one is actually called Heavens Above. And if you actually put your location wherever you are in the world and time, etc., it will tell you what is actually flying over your head at the time, whether it's a satellite, etc., so you can eliminate things like that. Again, with aircraft, there's aircraft apps. You can see what aircraft are around. And once you've eliminated all these things, then you can start to narrow down what you think it might be. And if you've eliminated an awful lot of things, and again, if you've got pictures of aircraft, from a distance, the human eye can play tricks on you too as well because through different weather you know, phenomena, you know, sunsets and things like that, aircraft can lose you can actually lose the sight of the wings etc so it looks like it's an elongated elliptical shaped craft when in fact it is an aircraft so you know you've got to eliminate an awful lot of things in respect of that it's not a guessing game but you're trying to you know like i said do your sherlock holmes and roll your sleeves up and just get in there and then what what you're left with is a very small percentage of you can actually pass it on to other ufologists and other experts, you know, within the field who can come up with their opinions of what they think it might be. In your past, when you you did this kind of of, of photo analysis, was it, was there any case that you that you ran across that the opinion had had been up until the time that you were looking at it that this was actually you know a, a real photograph of of something unknown, but after uh, you were done with it, you were like, eh, I beg to differ. Yeah, there's been a few. Like I said, um, I've been brought up. I had a sighting with my sister when I was age seven, seven years old in Liverpool. That's how I was introduced to ufology you know before that i had no desire to to think what a ufo would be you know unusual craft i knew what an aircraft looked like things like that you know during the 70s mid 70s you know i had no interest and i saw this disc-shaped craft outside the window with my sister we both saw it you know, we were playing upstairs in, in a relative's house in Liverpool and this thing took off at high velocity and then we just carried on playing as if nothing had happened you know yeah you know I've sort of gone on and, and, and looked into things and then it's uh, that's where I started to read more books obviously you know I'd started to get the grasp and the, the feel of UFOs and wanting to know a bit more as you're getting older you know, unusual things happen to you. And then obviously you're brought up watching, you know, likes of Arthur C. Clarke and, and reading lots of UFO unexplained books, etc. And And one of the cases that I actually looked into was the Solway Firth Spaceman case. And I'm sure many people have seen this case. And it was of a, a young girl that was at a, t- a photograph was taken on the, and like a moors, you know, um, with a with a father and and other family members at present, and this photograph was her, and then above her head, you can see a spaceman standing behind her. Well, what looks like like a spaceman. I went into this case in more depth because I just assumed, like everybody else, it was a legit spaceman ufo et standing behind this young girl and it was one of those one in a million shots camera shots like i said i did my research got into real depth 
and realise that there's actually more photographs available of the, you know, what happened that day. The famous one with the spaceman standing behind, but within the other photographs, the of uh, family members who were present with her at the time, and one was of a mother that was with her and the father, but the mother was wearing a certain type of dress, like a short sleeve dress, etc. Long story short, I managed to run it through filters, change and everything, so I could see in more detail, and I overlaid the image of the mother with the dress, etc., over this original photograph of the one standing behind the young girl and above her, and they matched, you know, pretty well, I thought, anyway, at the time. Um, again, the father who actually took the photograph, the camera involved that was used was with the old type that didn't have a viewfinder, so like modern-day cameras... When you have a viewfinder, so you know what type of photograph you're taking and everything, you know, that's actually captured. And um, this old camera used by, the, you know, the photographer was one without a viewfinder. So when you took a photograph, you virtually put it above your head and then you took the photograph and then crossed your fingers that you actually got the photograph that you wanted. It was a bit of, a, you know, bit of luck sometimes within the shot. So when he took the photograph, he said at the time, which he believed, that there was no one standing behind the young girl um, when he, the photograph was taken. So when he took the photograph, he was actually above his head. He actually had the camera above, which is out of his eyesight, so he couldn't see. So I believe he, you know, what he said, he, there was no one standing behind because he couldn't see, but the camera picked up the mother standing behind anyway long story short i overlaid the images and came back with what i believe to be it was the mother standing behind and not the the spaceman as we called it so then that was one case uh, another case was the apollo astronauts when they were going to the moon um whether you believe we went to the moon or not that's besides the point they were going and they were taking photographs out of the capsule and they said that when they were going, that they were actually followed to the moon by other objects and craft, etc., which I believe they probably were. But on this image, you could see a UFO. And I think it was Bob Dean who actually used to show this, this UFO image through his talks and things over the years that I've, I've looked at. Uh, and like I said, uh, what, why wouldn't I believe it like anybody else? But I went into, you know, did my research again and it broke it down. And I thought, well, I need to see the original image from the NASA archives that they said that this UFO, if I can find the original one, then surely this UFO will be there and I can do a proper analysis of it, get more depth. We will go into more depth in our next segment with Jason, Gene and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you're like most Americans, you're pretty much in disbelief with what's going on in the world. As we all know, global problems are having local consequences. Too many of them. And if the peanut butter really hits the fan, are you ready? Grocery store supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link. 
Don't wait for them to break. Now's the time to secure emergency food for everyone in your family. My Patriot Supply is America's largest preparedness company. Our specially packaged and delicious food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. It'll be there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and pick up several emergency food kits. There are a dozen different sizes that average over 2,000 calories per day. Our food kits will ship quickly and discreetly to your door. Having food storage in your home beats government food lines hands down. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today and prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com USA Radio News. Former January 6th committee senior technical advisor Denver Riegelman claims he has knowledge of someone in the White House calling a Capitol rioter during the 2021 attack. You get a real aha moment when you see that the White House switchboard had connected to a rioter's phone while it's happening. That's a big, pretty big aha moment. I only know one end of that call. I don't know the White House end, which I believe is more important. New Jersey public school students will be the first in the country required to learn about climate change while in the classroom starting this school year. The first lady of New Jersey, Tammy Murphy. I would say that the importance is that, you know, climate change is is really becoming a reality. I think we all know that. This is USA Radio News. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-932-5140. That's 800-932-5140. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92000 Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
Jason, let us go into more depth. More to talk about that case? Yeah, like I said, um, I needed to get hold of the original photograph. Like I said, like I always tried to do, I always tried to work from the original best, you know, for uh, detail, etc. So I got there, actually got the serial number of the photograph, went into the archives, NASA archives, and found the image that they said. And when I looked at the original image, there was no UFO on there. It was just blank space, and you could see the window of the craft, you know, the, the capsule that it was taken from. So I just thought, well, it's not there. You know, maybe, maybe it's a mistake, or it's deliberately been taken out of the archives or whatever. And then so I thought, well, I'll go a couple of images either side of that, that image so I did. I went through the archives, and when and when I went a couple either side, I found the image, and and again it stood out. I thought, there's the UFO. You know, it's disc shaped, just like uh, Bob Dean had said. You know, in his talks, and I thought, wow. You know, so I, I went into great, you know, detail again. I enlarged the image, blew it up, high definition. You know, and did my usual thing, and. When I actually went through the filters, I started seeing sort of shadows that you wouldn't normally see that you can pick up. And again, long story short, when I did the research and everything, the third stage of the rocket, the Apollo rocket that was actually jettisoned, and it actually followed them towards the moon in the same direction. It went off in a slight you know, angle to their craft, but it's still going towards the moon. Basically, it was the the third stage rocket, which was actually rotating. So as it rotated in a certain way, it would actually reflect the sun. And when it came to the top and it revealed the fuel tanks, you could see the fuel tank at the top. So when you saw the view from your view in the craft, it was elliptical in shape. So again, I just did a really basic thing. I got the overlay of the the UFO image that Bob uh, actually put out there. And the one of, I got a freeze frame of it, of the one of the third stage Apollo rocket, and just did a basic overlay, and it was a perfect match. And again, so there's another one that was, I thinking to myself, well, that was a UFO that we thought, or, a, you know, like the Solway Firth, it was an ET, and, and it turned out not to be. So, you know, if you actually do the work and get into these cases, you can actually find that they're not actually what they are. You know, if you get into the facts of the cameras used and the time and other things in relation to the location and, you know, other factors that you can not necessarily always taking into account, but there are very important factors, you know, like the third stage of the rocket, you know, things like that. If you can actually eliminate it from your research, then it comes back down to, is it a UFO? You know, uh, I say UFO is an extraterrestrial craft. You know, we don't know what it is, but on these cases, I managed to find out what they were. I'm trying to find a new book right now. Uh, Since you were talking about uh, NASA, uh isn't there a case in your book where there is a photograph, I think it was taken from Apollo 14, of something seen on the moon? Uh, which book was that, sorry? Was that mm. the, the first I, book? Or? Well, I was thinking it was, uh, I saw it in your new book. I was re- reading it today, but uh, I've been reading a lot of stuff today, so I'd be <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I've, I've got um, a lot of uh, video cases where I've analyzed footage. Uh, there was a, there's a piece I analyzed 
of Apollo 12, just as they were landing on the moon. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I, I've gone over everything. You know, I've gone over, you know, pictures on Mars and the moon and the found bases and, and things in orbit around the moon. And and the one where the Apollo 12 crew, were, it's the actual footage. They were just about to land on the moon. So we're actually coming in. You can see the moon getting closer and closer, you know, the surface as they're coming in. You can hear them talking to NASA and the pilots going over all the, you know, the checks all the way through. Just as they're about to land, they come over a, a, a like a crater. But as you can see in this crater, as you, if you look on the video on my YouTube channel, um, you can see three lights as if it looks like they're going down into some sort of cavern or entrance. Hmm. And it stuck out like a sore thumb for me. I was, uh, when I showed it to other people, they couldn't see it. But then when you show them where it is and, you know, you look, you can't see nothing else. And it's just one of the anomalies, again, you know, that I've I've come back with and found. Again, there's others where, you know, there's pictures of craft and where the, the um, astronauts are actually saying, what is that on the horizon? They actually say what it is. If they know, knew what the object was, or it was a hill or a boulder or something else, they would actually identify that. But when you can hear the astronauts saying to each other, what is that on the horizon? What is that object? That's when you actually start to question and they pan around very quickly. So if you actually freeze the frame like I do within the footage, you can actually see that, you know, it's like a disc-shaped object. That's the case that I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the actual mission because I've done so many um, without actually looking it up. I think it was Apollo 14. It's four, yeah, that might have been 14, yeah. But, you know, it, again, if you, I've, I've looked over so much footage. I've gone over so many cases. I mean, uh, one of the cases I still, to this day, think is one of the, the best pieces of footage of UFOs buzzing uh, a civilian aircraft. It was um, in 2014. There was a, uh, an Argentinian civilian pilot who contacted me. And he'd had sightings before, and he said, oh, I, "I don't want my name out and name out there, etc." But you know, I, I was definitely buzzed by UFOs, and this time I took my mobile phone. So it was the early days of the cameras on the mobile phones, around about 2014. Anyway, the um, you can actually see. The footage starts um, where he's flying. You can see he's filming straight ahead. You can see the cockpit. You can see the propeller through the windscreen. And then beyond that, you can see the cloudburst, which is about five, ten thousand feet in altitude. Very clear, you know, and you can hear the, ro- the propellers going around. And basically, from his uh, left-hand side, his port side, he said he saw these two UFOs coming in. So that's why he was filming and there's a large elongated craft that shoots right in front of his aircraft, a couple of hundred feet in front, and then it's followed by a smaller object right behind it, and then they both go to the starboard, the right-hand side of the aircraft, and they go in a formation of eight, that he said, and then come back in a very tight formation, and then buzz his aircraft again right in front, you know, in, in a very close formation and then and then I actually freeze the the footage and go in slow motion and that, that's all on my uh, 
yeah, YouTube channel if anyone wants to see it there. I think it's it's also been used on Paranormal Court on camera. I think I'm on the the first episode of the second series. And Japanese TV have used it, and it, it had, um, I think it's probably had near on 400,000 views on YouTube. And so it, I still think it is one of the best pieces of footage out there. Yeah, I've seen that footage, and I mean, it's. Uh, I would think that that would be that would be something that would be hard to fake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're certainly hard to fake, and any other aircraft which would actually fly so close to a civilian aircraft once, I would say, is a mistake. You know, it's a, it's a close call, but to actually come round uh, and do the same thing again, you know, in, in a tight formation, it's just unheard of. By the way, we should mention that Jason will hang with us for the After the Paracast podcast because there's so much to talk about. The book and other topics, so we really want you to check around after the Paracast, only available if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus at the Paracast dot plus. Jason, Gene, and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Do you experience fatigue when you know you should have energy? One reason fatigue can occur is due to a lack of antioxidants in the body. This deficiency happens the older we get or due to eating an unhealthy diet or even due to exercise. Your body's number one antioxidant is glutathione. When your cells are depleted of glutathione, you will be fatigued, inflamed, possibly depressed, and may also feel pain. Empirical results indicate that consuming green metal whey protein powder is the most effective means of increasing glutathione production. Green metal whey supplies nature's richest source of the precursor to making glutathione within the trillions of cells of your body. This protein strongly supports the cell's ability to make glutathione. Add to this that Green Meadow Way also supports immunity, energy, lean muscle development, fat loss, and has anti-cancer properties, and you have nature's most complete and strongest superfood. To order, go to bestwayprotein.net. That's bestwayprotein.net. Or call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Yeah, 
Hebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is ShopSuperTea.com, or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100, ShopSuperTea.com. Americans have the most colorful language in the world. And that vibrant language is our basis for thinking in big ways, new ways, efficient ways, and better ways. Americans have freedom of speech. The pairing of our colorful language and freedom of speech has made us the people and the nation that we are today. Imagine what it would be like not having the freedom to speak our minds, communicate our thoughts and ideas, and hear those from others. Americans have a passion for and yearn for the truth. There are those who want to destroy our freedom and right to hear the truth. The truth is under attack. GCN is under attack. I'm asking our fellow broadcasters and you to rise up and help us defend our right to free speech. Would you like to join us? Please consider visiting SaveGCN.com. Please help us bring you the truth 24 hours per day. I'm Vincent Finelli. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayley Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I was looking around as we were progressing with the show at totally useless facts. And the reason I thought of this is because in setting up this conversation, we have to consider our different time zones. So Jason lives in the U.K., Tim lives in Indiana. I live in Arizona, so many hours separating. And I learned, this is true, that there is no complete accurate map showing nations' time zones in the U.S. and the local observance of daylight savings time. No central map. This is after how many years? So I guess they're trying to figure out what's going on and the U.S. Department of Transportation will get together. I mean, it's only 100 years, right? <laughs> yeah, that's not that's a small time, isn't it? How many time zones do you have in the U.K.? Just the one. It's such a small country and even Ireland, which is across, obviously, but, you know, it's a couple of hundred miles, if that, you know. Yeah, we're, we're all the same. Scotland, England, Ireland, Wales, all the same time zone. That sure makes it easy. Yeah. I was mentioning before that when you look at sightings around the world, sometimes you find distinct differences. And I'm thinking of the one that Alex Mistretta reported as his favorite UFO case from 1957 in Brazil. Tell us more. Antonio Villas-Boas. 
Villabola's case uh, was the one where the uh, the farmer was abducted uh, right off his tractor in the night one time and was taken on board a craft where then he claimed to have a sexual encounter with one of the female crew members. That's it, yeah. It was in Brazil, wasn't it, 1957? And, yeah, again, this was one case that, you know, really stood out. Um, again, something, you know, quite personal to Alex. Again, that this case was, the, you know, again, that stood out on its own for the fact that, you know, he actually, Antonio, had um, personal interaction with um, the female on board. And, you know, it's controversial at the time. You know, we're talking in the 1950s. Again, people didn't even talk about UFOs and things like this that are related. So it's very early again it's very much like betty and barney hill you know they're way ahead of their time reporting and actually coming out with the information because again it's such so shocking to hear it's like surely that didn't happen to you that isn't real you know that type of thing so um always way ahead way ahead you think about you know the 1950s uh, Brazil and in a, a rural area, so that wouldn't be something that you would think that somebody would come up with to hoax that they had a sexual encounter with an extraterrestrial. That just wouldn't fly uh, back then. Yet the story came out when it did. So yeah, and and, and of course Philobolus had a great reputation. Yeah, it was, you know, he's a farmer, you know, he was um, obviously quite respected member of the community and things. And again, why would you actually come out and, and lie about something like this? It more easy not to say anything, just like Calvin Parker didn't want to say anything. It was Charlie that wanted to push the issue and um, of what happened to them, which is, you know, obviously quite a big thing. The um, Antonio case in Brazil was probably under the, you know, C7, which, like we said before, was, you know, sexual intercourse with it, with an extraterrestrial, you know, that type of thing. Was it to do with artificial insemination or was it to do with hybrids? We, we don't know uh, whether, you know, it went on further from there. And again, in Brazil, especially now, uh, modern day ufology, etc., in like Mexico, you know, they, they actually put their sightings on national TV. You know, they don't hide anything. It's all out there for members of the public, whether they know what it is or, or they don't know what it is. They'll just put it out there and let people make their own mind up. Do you think we'll ever see that day in the West where news outlets are open with uh, UFO cases? We're seeing it more. It's actually becoming more relevant now because especially where the U.S. government are talking about disclosure as such, where, you know, the U.S. Nimitz and they're explaining that they don't know what these craft are. They're nothing we've got, you know, whether you believe what they're saying or not. I believe personally, and I've said it for a long time, disclosure has already happened. It's already happened just because of the sheer fact and number of volume of people that have come forward regarding abductions and sightings. And I mean, I, I go out 
in my own garden and do an awful lot of C5 and, and, and watches myself, sky watches, and I see craft all the time. I can eliminate all the time what they are because I know that they're, they're not satellites or they're conventional aircraft. There's no strobe lights, there's no landing lights, etc. And I've seen literally orb-shaped objects that will come over and they will actually, we call it power up, where the object or craft would come over and it would actually power up very bright light and then fade off again. And, you know, this is a form of communication. It's a C5 coming over and I've had them where they've gone zigzag across the sky. We've got no aircraft that can do that. I know we haven't. And also we've had them where they're coming over and they're literally crossing each other right above me. So... I know personally that disclosure has already happened. Whether the majority of people want to hear it from a, a government's perspective or from a newsreader, a news outlet, that's entirely up to them, you know. But there are plenty of people within ufology and especially modern day ufology that know for themselves fact that, you know, disclosure has already happened and, you know, we're having interactions and sightings with unknown objects and beings you know i'd actually say that can you tell us why you say disclosure has happened like i said disclosure has definitely happened because of the the sheer wealth of people experiences um you know and people have had sightings and, and experiences in general with, regarding ufology that have come forward with their cases from famous cases that you can see out there to people who basically don't want their name published broadcast put out there but they're coming out with exactly the same things that have happened you know relative to sightings and experiences unless you want the u.s government or you know a government or news media from around the world or in, relative to your country to come out and sit behind a desk in a suit and tell you that disclosure has happened or is going to happen and we're going to do this we're going to do that you know it's totally not the case because I know just through my own material and, and things that I've researched that it's already happened. Disclosure has definitely already happened. Hey there, tell us, Jason, if we want to know more about you, where can we check you out? Yeah, if, if anybody wants to know more about cases that I've analyzed, etc. and stuff, they can go onto my Facebook page, UF Only. If they want to uh, read any of the books I've published... We've got the um, the latest book, UFO Encounters Up Close and Personal. The last book, yeah, UFOlogy Umbrella, and the first book, UFO Photo. They're all available on Amazon or through Philip Mantle's Flying Disc Press. Hey, you can find us on Twitter. Look for the Powercast. Look for two Powercast groups, fan clubs, whatever they call them, on Facebook. If you want branded merchandise with Powercast logos, visit theparacast.com shop or the powercast.store pick your poison and choose from four different logos the powercast.shop we also offer the powercast free of the network ads imagine that plus the after the powercast podcast through the powercast plus to sign up go to the powercast.plus the powercast.plus if you use the coupon code ufo20 that's ufo20 with your order, you get a 20% discount on five-year 
and lifetime subscriptions for the Paracast Plus, the Paracast Dot Plus. Hey there, Jason Gleaves. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. It's been a pleasure, and I always enjoy these uh, podcasts and radio interviews because you can basically banter ufology questions backwards and forwards, and that's the way it should be. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.